Also, apparently in uh, episode two, they also answer the question about uh, how do robots uh, actually get drunk. I've never asked that question. Well, uh, <laughs> watch WandaVision and you'll have that question answered, even though you didn't ask for it. Although, now it answers my question that I never thought I'd ask. So now I know what to do if, uh, instead of just making them not drink alcohol like Futurama, I'll just have them chew gum. <laughs> That's how you get what? drunk, kids. I'm not gonna lie to you, there was actually a trend going on years ago where kids were actually soaking gummy bears in alcohol and actually eating them during class. And that was a way that they were actually getting, getting drunk. And yet the cast of Breaking Bad never hired them? Like, I'd be asking that. It's like, okay, that, that raises so many questions. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, mind you, like, real life? Literally. Maybe. I, I, well, there's been other... I mean, I kind of understand some people, like, smoking Smarties, but I, th this is the first I'm hearing of it. I mean... Smoking well, there's been smarties? other ways... Yeah, but soaking teddy bears in alcohol makes more sense because, okay, I understand that science. Well, that... There's been other very, very crazy ways that, that, that kids have done and all that stuff but yeah uh one way was soaking gummy bears other way was cough syrup and actually my my uh, classmate mm -hmm. yeah i think it was like for like a headache or something like that or like a cough and when he mm -hmm. went to his office he literally had so much cough syrup that he came back high so much to the point that my teacher actually said out loud to the class i now pronounce kyle high off cough syrup because it was that noticeable she even noticed it better send this kid to south park because he's starting he's he's, he's spreading the trend so yeah i was like and like so the fact that she even noticed it and really said it out loud i was like damn dude damn daniel yeah, my name's not daniel uh, well it is now aftershave get out the home aftershave ew Uh, with that topic, uh, hello everybody, welcome to another session of Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide. I'm Eric Terpel. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Eric Terpel. I'm Melissa Leach. And joining us is Maya Taylor. Hey. And uh, today we are going to be talking about a film from Mike Nichols. Uh, for those who don't know, Mike Nichols, uh, best known as the director of The Graduate, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Catch-22, mm -hmm. and The Birdcage. Ooh, uh, Birdcage! Yeah. He's another movie we need to review. Oh, yes. because I mean, that's one of the reasons I bring it up. It's like, you were such a big fan of it. So Massive um, fan, yeah. I'd be, doing my myself a, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't bring that up. Yes. Thank I you. mean, it's easily top tier 90s Robin Williams, if you ask me. Like, mm -hmm. I know a lot of some people say Mrs. Doubtfire. I say it's the Birdcage. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Birdcage is always a top... I mean... Mrs. Doubtfire is, like, I think in the top five for me. But yeah, but Mrs. Doubtfire did pierce the toast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Birdcage will always, I'm sorry, be number one. I'm sorry, people. Hate me all you want, but Birdcage is, is number one for me. Same here. I absolutely... Always my absolute all-time favorite with him. With Robin Williams? Mm hmm I don't blame you. It's a phenomenal film. <laughs> Gonna be taking a look at another Mike Nichols comedy with another, uh... Unfortunately, former comedian, uh, former like comedian, uh, Gary Shandling. Big time. Yeah, passed away in 2016. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Passed hey. away. But still, one of the 
best comedy faces ever to. Yeah, and I think this was probably this movie was probably one that he both starred in and wrote. I don't know if he directed, but I know that he no. wrote the script. Oh, he um, helped write really? the, Yeah, he helped write the script. He was also he was a comedian in real life. Oh, wow. He was also listed as one of the producers as well. So okay. uh, this was definitely one of his. Uh, uh, the movie we're talking about is What Planet Are You From, which. I can definitely tell uh, from, like, his involvement. It's like he was definitely passionate about making this kind of project work. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. This is a weird, weird one to kind of address considering it, the premise of it. <laughs> so since you introduced me to this, how were you introduced to what planet are you from? Um, that's a bit that's of a... Mine. <laughs> that's a bit of a long story. Um, to, to try and shorten it a bit, my mom used to be friends with someone who, um, let's, let's just say had a very, uh, eccentric, eccentric taste <laughs> in, in movies, okay? She oftentimes liked showing my mom films that were, like, sexually exploitive or just weird beyond reason, and believe it or not, this was actually one of the films that she shows that was actually pretty tame, which is ironic since this given what this movie's about. Considering I showed you Sorry to Bother You, this is pretty tame. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is relatively tame compared to um, the, the thing that she even showed my mom. I mean, the other stuff that she showed was either really weird or, like I said, very sexually exploitive, and it's like, seriously? But yeah, I saw, she ended up showing us this movie. I think I was, how old was I when I first saw this movie? How, when did she? say we had some odd friends <laughs> um well fittingly yeah, enough I, 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 I was younger than 13 i'll say that but I, I i do remember yeah i was pretty young when i saw this movie and i was i was i was laughing a lot <laughs> but then again i also was for the time very pretty mature for my age so a lot of the jokes i got and it's funny you bring up the date because uh, it was released March 3rd in 2000, and uh, we're recording this on March 1st, so we're just two years away from this film being legal enough to drink. <laughs> so yeah, it, or at least yeah, the baby in that it's, film. It's been... I was either, like, late kid or early teens when I first saw this movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, so I, I, I was pretty much okay with it, um, although for those of you who don't have kids who aren't used to nudity and sexual jokes, I would not recommend this film. I mean, that's <laughs> um, the thing is, I literally think I watched it for the first time with her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so technically, we can honestly blame it on her friend for not warning us about the movie prior to showing both of us for the first time. Because, yeah, my mom technically did not know how... Explicit it'd be? Yeah. Because I this kind of want to say Fifty Shades of Grey is probably worse than this given the sex scenes in Fifty Shades? I haven't exactly seen Fifty Shades of Grey. I refuse to do so. But I can already tell really? you from the look of this film, it portrays human connection a lot better. And this is, uh, bear in mind, this is like, uh, I first watched it with you uh, not too long ago. Uh, we recently we watched it just to get a refresher. And let me just say that the best way I can sum this up is that uh, there's a trend that goes on about, oh, name a TV show or movie that oh, that would probably be canceled in 2021. Probably be this film because, oh my goodness. Yeah, um, like I said. I, I felt like I, 
I don't know. It's like, I, I, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but it's like, I was not prepared for that. That's why I said it's, it's funny, but not a movie I would recommend showing to your kids. Not unless they're very much of age. I think 13 is like where I'd say like, okay, that's, that's the cutoff line, but it's like, that's really risking it. Yeah, I would say like more like 15, 16 if you're going to show them. I don't know if Fair I would enough. even go younger than that uh, because technically around that age is when most teenagers are becoming sexually active. Mm. I wouldn't know, but <laughs> personally, <laughs> but... <laughs> you know, are you saying but, you've never been a child? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Mentally and emotionally, no. I, 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 I had to grow up pretty quickly, I'm not going to lie to you, which is, like I said, one of the reasons why I, I tend to say that I technically blame me seeing this at such a young age on the fact that my mom's friend kind of didn't warn us. Because, like I said, my, had my mom known what this movie was going to be about, I don't know if she would have let me watch it. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed we kind of been talking about this, but haven't exactly explained what the premise of the plot is. Here's uh, Gary Shandling is a member of a race of, I want to assume, eunuchs. Basically aliens. Yeah. Basically Planet. alien men who lack sex, and he's being sent to go uh, get a child. He's an alien from another planet who has, the, and their, their mission on this planet is to, impreg uh, I guess, to grow their, um, basically yeah continue World their race nation. continue yeah. their race mm -hmm. however um so, uh they they don't have any women on their planet so they basically have to come down to earth to impregnate a woman and apparently their mission and apparently according to cloning it's been shrinking their organs apparently to ev natural evolution according to them it's it's completely um you know, I would have liked to have seen a scene where it's like you actually see uh, the doctor uh, or a doctor talking to one of those patients who's had their organs shrink so much. I don't know. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> it gave us more of the world. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, so that's basically what the premise is. So based on what it is, you're, you're, you can honestly imagine how inappropriate some of the jokes get. Bear in mind, this is like 2000, so... Uh, because the, the aliens are not exactly supposed to have um, proper social skills, so they don't exactly know what's appropriate and not appropriate with humans. It's like a bunch of autistic people raised on porn. <laughs> Basically. Like, it's, it's a funny film. It's very, very funny. It's just... Um, but w it's also very weird. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... Uh, what's the term I want to use? And oddly uh, enough, it's one of mine and my mom's favorite films. Yeah. It's a high concept. That's what I want to say. Mm. It's a very high concept uh, film, but yeah, in some ways, it found I found myself laughing a lot at this. It's, it's, some of it was awkwardly, but it's like for the most part, it got a reaction out of me. So I guess I can't fault the film for that. Um, and my mind you, it's not like awkward and inappropriate from beginning to end, but there are some moments where it's like, okay, wow. Yeah, especially the scene where it's like uh, you see Janine Garofalo's uh, appearance in the film where uh, she was uh, the scared uh, airline passenger that Harold uh, first uh, tried. No, wait, it's not the first one that he hits on. It's the first one he sits down to hit on. And 
few on moments. The, on the plane? Yeah, on the plane where okay. he first lands. Okay. Uh, apparently that was Janine Garofalo. Just, what? it was just like, yeah. especially when he's saying it's like, oh, I love a woman who shakes, it turns me on. It's like, ah, oh, buddy, you yeah. just. Like I said, it's it's these these these, um, this breed of alien is not supposed to have proper communication or boundaries. They're not really bred to know what appropriate and inappropriate behavior is. So during some moments, it gets very um, uh, shocking to say the least. With, yeah. With with the dialogue. Like I said, it's 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 definitely funny, but it's just like it, it it's definitely a movie that's just like, oh my god, did they just say that? What was the biggest, what the hell moment for me? Uh, the Italian. What? <laughs> the Aaron Oh right, or he's just pretty much slapping it in public, like. Yeah. Because, oh yeah, because yeah. like uh, later on, uh, when he's hitting on that one taxi lady, it's like he says like, oh yeah, that's attractive, like. <laughs> Yeah, look, maybe he's got an itch, lady. <laughs> an itch that he's having to pound on to get rid of? <laughs> who pounds on an itch? People who wear thick clothes, I guess. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why I'm giving answers to these. Yeah, there's some moments that are going to be... Um, uh, especially with Greg Kinnear's character. Awkward, inappropriate, and shocking, to say the least. But like I said... If that doesn't scare you, I would highly recommend watching the film. Sorry, it's like I'm, I'm just staring right now at the Wikipedia page, and like my eyes are locked on Greg Kinnear's character. Cause yeah. Of, yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, I got to hand it to him. He did a good job. It's just that the, the things that he, they have his character say and do is like, how have you kept your job and not been fired? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Still. <laughs> And then he, oh, oh, yeah, he lies, cheats, and steals. And then gets away with it. Although, granted, he does punch him at one point. Uh, Gary Shandlin does. We're, 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 we're giving away a lot of spoilers. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Spoiler alert! <laughs> but you don't know if it succeeds. <laughs> Given the jokes aside, I definitely do think that this act movie was actually written pretty well, given the plot. Mm-hmm. And the way it's written to make it act to make it seem realistic yeah um you know social interactions the fact that he's someone who doesn't know what it actually means to be human which i'm honestly assuming that not even humans know what it means to be human anymore no <laughs> but he's, he's he's basically coming down to, to interact with with humans and and he lacks boundaries. He doesn't know what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. He's literally just doing what he's been taught to do by the 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 pack leaders of his of his uh, alien race. And yeah, <laughs> which are, is funny yeah. at the end. Where uh, I don't want to give away until we reach a certain point, but it's like it's funny when he tries to use his experience to teach other people, but it backfires. I mean, honestly, he's actually more realistic to what being human is like because sometimes that actually does happen. You come in with more experience, you try to teach it, and so no, you, you can't teach that. You know, we don't want evolution or making our system better. So it's kind of <laughs> metaphorical to what actually happens in life. But yeah, given just the, the acting, the way that this movie is, is the, the way the script's written and, and all that stuff, it, I do think that this movie was done very, very well. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with uh, Mike Nichols is that no matter the script he's given is that he's able to give us all with his work. Um, where do I want to go with this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. 
long day. We've been busy, and yeah, our minds are kind of out the window right now. I guess I do want to bring up, like, he, he does represent the hum- uh, finding that sense of humanity, like, as the film's going on. Like, I, I don't know. Just, that, just learning from that human interaction and learning what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Because, I mean, there's also... Like that moment where it's like he almost cheats? Well, I mean, that and, like, when he starts finding compassion, humanity, he starts learning about emotions, and there's one particular scene where his character actually starts crying, and he confuses his tears for being blood and that's when his wife tells him you're not bleeding you're crying oh there's a particular scene (laughs) there's a particular scene where that happens and he himself is realizing learning about emotion something that he's not taught to feel or 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 know about yeah being going on earth he's finding out about emotion he's finding about about what love is he's he's discovering you know i mean honestly nowadays sometimes it actually even happens with with people in general you know a lot of people grow up with with not knowing understanding their own feelings or you know because they've been numb for so long or they've shut they've been taught to shut down that as adults they're finally learning how to actually you know express themselves or actually feel emotions or whatnot they're learning how to actually deal with it as they get older. So, in a lot of ways, this, this movie is actually um, realistic in some ways with him learning how, more and more how to actually be human. Mm-hmm. He just takes it in a re- very, very interesting approach. <laughs> and one that may, might make some people uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh yeah, where he, where they try to do the second vows, it's oh like. God. And I mean, mind you, that actually could be like how men may actually approach marriage. It's it's because yeah. a lot of men are just like, I was just trying to do it to get into your pants. Now I'm going to try and spend the rest of my life trying to get into your pants. Like it's probably the way a lot of men may actually see marriage is just you know try and spend the rest of your life getting into this one person's pants. Which makes sense, considering that all four or five of the writers of this film are all men. So, I mean, it, it definitely also gives kind of like a... I remember now, I remember the line that got me was that even... It's during the dinner scene where... Uh, 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 yeah, I don't trust you. Why? Because that's all men will do is say anything to get in your pants. And she says, that's horrible. But what, that, what would that be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes people just flat out say it. And... Maybe that isn't going to register. I mean, it's supposed to be comedy. <laughs> no, it is, but I, well, now that we're actually talking about it and actually like I kind of dissecting it and, and discussing it, I'm realizing that, yeah, that there's a lot of points in this movie that I'm like, yeah, actually, that it, it's kind of relatable um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways to the way life actually is. And it's kind of also showing the different uh, sides of the male perspective with relationships and marriage and things like that their frustration with, with, with not understanding the women in their lives, and, and I'm like, wow, okay. And how some of them can get thrown under the, under the bus just for power, just because. Like, again, going back to Greg Kinnear's character, because he just plays such a great asshole in this movie. He's good at being a dick. <laughs> yeah, but also, uh, I, easily my favorite scene is, like, uh, when he gets karma when uh, his wife first confronts him about the AA meeting. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then it turns to like, oh, I think I got it. I think I finally got her. And it's like, you're not going to drink again. 
<laughs> just that look in his eyes is like, God, that's so beautiful. Why did you beautiful. want to kill the lady? Like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Remember? He wanted to kill yeah. her. She looked back at her and went, I should have went fully in reverse. <laughs> I think easily uh, another character we need to bring up is John Goodman as the detective. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he is relentless, and I love his interactions with his wife. And Maya seems one of the best parts about this movie. Yeah, because she assumes the whole thing is about an affair, but it's like, no, it's about aliens. (laughs) It's kind of like their their interpretation. I'm sorry, his wife had some of the best one-liners in this movie. It was kind of like they were a metaphor for the audience, like uh, who would take uh, uh, some meaning out of this. Like maybe the John Goodman's the guy saying, "Like it's about aliens." No, it's about sex. <laughs> but just like just some of the things that she, I'm just like my God, <laughs> he, he definitely actually played this character very very well. He even sold that one little bit where he looked at the camera before he asked, "From the front or the back." It was uh, the scene where he's asking uh, Judy Greer, uh, who plays the flight stewardess, about... Um, where the uh, noise is coming from. Yeah. Oh. And he's asking, was it from the front or was it from the back? <laughs> from the front. <laughs> <laughs> who so, hides an electric razor in their front crotch? That's just going to get messy. <laughs> That's yeah, by John Goodman for anyone who wants to know what that was. <laughs> but yeah, it's... it's um, he actually probably, I think, made this role or made this movie less awkward with all the interactions and things like that. Ironically, considering he is an awkward person at times. Yeah. Like, especially at the end. Like, how does an awkward man make it less awkward? <laughs> Two negatives make a positive? That's that's how science works. <laughs> I mean, be, between his... I mean, honestly, there there's not a whole lot of movies I've actually seen John Goodman in. I've seen him... Barely in Roseanne, because honestly, I barely watched that show, and I've also seen him in movie Coyote Ugly. I've never seen that. It's it's not well, a bad film. Oh yeah, you are. It's 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 not a bad film. Um, he I definitely loved his character in Coyote Ugly. Yeah, I always love watching John Goodman in anything. Like he is one of my favorite actors. Uh, but How about, uh, Evan Almighty. Uh, the exception of that. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, I mean, he technically did play a bad guy, but he did it very well. Oh, trust me. If you want to see a real v- good villainous role he could play, watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like, I still attest that the fact that he was not nominated for an Oscar is disgusting. Like, oh, God, that's such a good movie. Is it about, about, about that, that monster or no? Uh, technically, it's in the same universe as uh, the first Cloverfield, but instead, it's uh, it's a bottle thriller. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I Which just... I kind of like that they kind of make uh, the Cloverfield series an anthology thing, but uh, that's a whole story. Uh, that they have like him and and John Goodman had such freaking chemistry. Gary with, Shanley. Yeah, like with with each. I mean, even though like the first. Yeah, even though they had like two scenes, they really worked well. Even nicely. like the first scene, I mean, even though it was short lived, they were playing off each other so freaking well. And then like during the the second scene that they had together, it was like you literally saw, you felt like you were seeing two best friends. Especially with how chummy he is, it's like, oh, you're gonna turn me into the police? It's like. I don't. I don't have a job. They fired me. Like I don't give a shit. I just did this for my insanity. Like, like which is just, why I believe that that last guy he took off to the end, he's going to eat. 
You're disgusting. <laughs> I don't deny it. John Goodman is gonna eat His character would eat it. I'm not saying John Goodman. No, no. Oh my god. It's like that, that man lost the weight and deservedly so. It's like he's 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 had his due. But yeah, just they, they definitely had had I kinda wish that they actually had more scenes together, given how natural it was for them. I, I had a feeling like this is one of those films that's like had it longer, but it's like it had to be cut by the studio and a lot of scenes ended up getting axed. Because well, I would have He got, yeah, he got one photo, and he could have got a better looking one. But, I mean, yeah, when, when you actually watch their scene, I mean, it just, it's so freaking unbelievably natural, it's not even funny, and, like, it's just... And Annette Benning, uh, I loved watching her and mm-hmm. Gary Shandling on screen together. They have really good chemistry, even when it gets on-the-nose awkward. That, and when she does her dance... Her One little celebratory dance. When she's finding out and she's telling him that she's pregnant. Oh, <laughs> I was trying not to give that away, okay. but okay. <laughs> yeah, she 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 <laughs> does kind of a dance and sings. It's honestly one of my favorite favorite moments of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like so cute. that moment too. Like that's another moment I should have brought up uh, when I was thinking about Mike Nichols and the humanity. It's like that little brief moment. It's like that. I love that. Well, because like that's so re- reminiscent of God knows how many women mm-hmm. who keep trying and trying and trying to have a baby, and when they actually finally do, it's just like they literally are like overjoyed. I can't even imagine how you actually felt when you finally found out you were pregnant with me. I mean, you told me it took you what two years to finally get pregnant with me, so I can't even imagine how overjoyed you were when you found out. But yeah, when when you see that that scene and you see how excited she and like you literally she kind of uh, encompasses that that string of emotions so freaking well with, with the struggles that women go through. And honestly, I don't think she was trying to do that. <laughs> she was just afraid he was going to leave her. Yeah. So, yeah, when, when, when she just pops out with that dance and, and she finally tells him. You can tell she's genuinely happy. Oh, God, yeah. Like, she feels accomplished. She's, she's, she's genuinely happy. And I'm like, and it's just, it's just a very, very cute scene. It is. A very, very cute scene. And an R-rated film about... <laughs> Aliens. Impregnating women. women. Yes. It was a lighter tone. I, I, I know. I'm just acknowledging. Uh, what else is it going to be? Although you might also want to teach him about biology as well, because there's certain lines in this movie that will make maybe make some, uh, if you do have your kids watching this movie, it may make them question Get, especially mm-hmm. given science, how um, babies are born. <laughs> well, not just that, but how men can last long in the sack. <laughs> what? When she said we've been having, we we've been doing it for twenty-one oh. hours straight. No way in hell is any man capable <laughs> of doing that. <laughs> if they find out, they're gonna be like, "Wait, how the hell do I do that?" It's like that's not real people. <laughs> 
And you also see the attempt of like, oh, what if I do? Uh, what if I try someone else? But it isn't gonna work out. Uh, something's not working. You're definitely feeling guilt. Did I say that already? I don't. I possibly. Okay. But it's, it's okay. It, yeah. It, guilt is very strong emotion. <laughs> in that scenario, but yeah, it's it's um, yeah. You, you definitely might want to have those. Be prepared that if if you watch through, you might have with your kids. You might have those talks of. Especially with how fast, especially with the the speed of the baby's development. God, yes, I was just about to say that. Especially because, like, if if what you can, it's like no. That, no yeah, no. that's terrifying. Uh, I also wanted to bring up that we also got another cameo from Octavia Spencer. Yes. Because especially nowadays, it's like you when you go back and see actors earlier films after they've already become famous, and like, oh, cool, I didn't know that. She was kind of a pleasant surprise, and she's actually one, I think, one actress who is a reminder for a lot of aspiring actors out there that sometimes you do get your, your first roles in adulthood, but it's not too late. I mean, for crying out loud, I don't know how old she was when she first did this film. In her early tw- uh, late 20s, early 30s. Like, she was 30. So I'm taking it she kind of started acting late. Uh, kind of, yeah, I think so. Uh, let me and Samuel Jackson is another example of that because he didn't start acting until uh, I think it was in, in his mid to late thirties. Mm. Well, that and I know um, Morgan Freeman didn't start acting until I think he was in his forties. Was it for Glory? Or no, 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 no. Wait, I'm thinking of uh, yeah, because I remember like uh, he did a seventies production of Roll Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Well, the right. The reason I'm saying this because I remember seeing an interview with him with I think it was inside the actor studio, and when they asked him when he actually started when he first entered the industry, he said he actually didn't start acting until he was like I think forty four or forty five, and he said he basically told people just keep at it, don't don't stop, don't give up, just keep keep going auditions, you'll, you'll get it get something eventually. Yeah, you're right. It was, like, his first role, uh, and it was when he was 40. Yeah, so, I, like I said, these, 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 these people who, I mean, get one, you know, one, whatever, one line, one line, they'll own it mm-hmm. and just keep going at it. But, yeah, I mean, that that's, I, I love stories like this to where it gives people hope that if that's what they so desire to choose, like, even if they think, even if it's not even acting, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. They may think that they're just too old change careers or do something that they actually love and have a passion for it could it could be anything cooking or you know doctor or whatever i mean it's not too late to actually go after what it is that makes you happy it's not too late to cook a doctor doctor yeah you said that it's not too late to cook it's not too late to be a doctor oh, so Lord. i said like so he, he's <laughs> got something with, with cooking people i <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Something's wrong with me. <laughs> Either that or <laughs> I think you're just tired. I'm it could, it could be a mix of that. I, we I, we I, did do a lot of moving today. Oh, should we talk about the uh, me mistaking Judy Greer for Bridget Fonda? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Judy Greer is in this movie as a as a stewardess, and uh, there there was a moment where I I completely forgot it was Judy Greer for a minute, and I thought it was uh, Bridget Fonda from Jackie Brown and. Uh, get what else she did after that but hold on let me pull up a picture because like i got confused between the two and i want to make sure that it, it wasn't a mistake that i actually did hold on okay so this there's judy greer you see that sorry if this is only audio i'm showing yeah, judy greer. now 
Bridget Fonda. No, I, I definitely get why you, okay. you confuse the two. Then I'm not crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Although she definitely looks a lot more like Jane Fonda than, than, than the other girl does. Judy Greer. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not used to her name. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot she's... Oh, that's why she isn't acting anymore. She's married to Danny Elfman. Yeah. I, I, I saw that she actually stopped acting. I think she stopped acting when she got married. That was it. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering what was... It's yeah. I knew I, there was I, an answer. I just forgot it. I bagged myself a, a, a rich man. Now I can stop act, stop working as hard. I've I've done my dues. Well, it was either that or wait for Mother's Fortune, but that's horrible. So because Jane Fonda's We're, still we're really not painting a good picture for. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I'm a monster. <laughs> Mother's Fortune. But that, either that or I'm probably an alien. Oh, and apparently she also, the woman, Judy Greer, also wrote a book that's apparently very good. Oh, what's it called? I don't know what you know me from, my life as a co-star. That's what the book's called. Yeah, I think that could be because she's played so many prominent supporting roles in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot she was a Miss Desjardins and Carrie. The, hmm. Yeah, I forgot she, uh, that was it, that was it. That was my introduction to her. I really loved her in that, and then... Later on, I saw her in, like, the, the Planet of the Apes movies as uh, Caesar's wife, and I thought she was really fantastic in that. I she did? Yeah, she played a motion capture monkey, and she was really good. The Planet of the Apes uh, reboot series is pretty good. The series? Of films, yeah. It's three movies. I think, said she th I think she went on to directing after that. Yeah. Which, I mean, good for her, but yeah. That's good. I don't know if there's anything else. I was about to say, I think we pretty much brought up everything. Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like that's uh, about where we can leave it off. So, uh, what planet are you from? Uh, I would give it a thumbs up, surprisingly. <laughs> no, I, I'm <laughs> usually it's it, comedy is very subjective. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's always a big gamble. You never know what's going to be considered funny and what isn't. So for me, I say it's a thumbs up. You? Oh, I definitely. It's it's one of my absolute favorite movies, <laughs> favorite favorite comedies. To be honest with you, which I don't really know what that says about me, since it's like said really weird. <laughs> <laughs> really is. I'm not gonna lie, guys. It's really weird. It's like said. I think twice before showing this to your <laughs> kids. That's all I'm gonna say. It's not a uh, PG-13 rated comedy. I think my advice would be uh, hum twice for no, but if it's one continuous hum. <laughs> oh dear God! Oh, good luck. If you watch the movie, you'll understand you'll what he's talking about. Context. All right, I think that's uh, where I'm gonna leave it off there. So that's what planet are you from? Both thumbs up. Uh, and until next time, I am Eric Chappelle. I'm Olsen. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.